Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Student of the Gun University, a place for education and enlightenment. We help you gain a new perspective and understanding of firearms training. Your teacher today will be Professor Paul Markle, a veteran small arms and tactics instructor with 30 years of knowledge and experience. Grab your number two pencil, turn to page one, and let the learning begin. All right, thank you for that fantastic introduction. I am, of course, your host, Paul Markle. And welcome to the Student of, Gun, Student of the Gun University podcast. Yes, indeed. Why do some instructors hate dry fire? And you're like, what? How is that? How could that possibly be? Well, having learned to dry fire decades ago, uh, however long ago 1987 was, uh, and having used it, well, you know, actually it wasn't that, it was 86. But uh, I learned the, the importance of dry fire. Uh, it, long time ago, long time ago, uh, and having used it successfully, I was surprised uh, when an instructor whom I had great respect for disparaged the use of dry fire. And so I set out to figure out why that was the case. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you need to be dry firing, man. You should be dry firing and, you know, so forth. And there, there's articles written about it and there's, there's, I'm sure there's YouTube videos or whatever about it, but why would somebody who's a professional firearms instructor think that dry fire was a bad thing? Well, I'll tell you why. And I figured it out. What I figured out was, is that when people go to a training school, when they're, they book a seat, they're like, oh, I don't, when they finally pull the trigger, and that's a euphemism right there, when they finally decide, well, I should go to a training class. I should take a class from someone. And so... They pick the school, and then they pick a date, and then they book the seat, and generally there's time between the time they book the seat and the time they go, right? And you generally don't buy a seat, and then you go tomorrow. So in, that, in the interim, what they do is they decide that they're going to practice before they go to the school. Before they take training, before they go to training, and this is generally applies to first-time gun school people. People who go to a gun school, whether it's a pistol class, generally it's a pistol class, not always a rifle class, but generally it's a pistol class. But they decide before they go to that handgun 101 class or whatever it is that they need to practice so that so they can look good and be good before they get to the school. And what a lot of these people will do is they might go to the range and, and, you know, blast a bunch of rounds, but if they've decided that they're going to go to a school and the school says, hey, bring 500, 600, 700 rounds of ammo with you, they're like, oh, well, yeah, I, I don't want to use all that ammo that I'm saving for the school, so what I'll do is I'll just go in my garage or my basement and I'll just I'll dry fire. And I'll, I'll get some practice, some practice reps in dry firing. And that is where... That is wherein the problem lays, yes, indeed, because having not been to training and not been taught, what they do is they decide that they're going to teach themselves, well, how hard can it be? I mean, it's just it's just pointing the gun at the wall, or I put a target up on the wall, I tape a target on the wall, and I get my gun out, and I'm like, click, 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 uh, or click, racket, click, racket, click, racket. The reason that this instructor I was 
talking to, uh, who he, he, why he hated dry fire, was because people decided that they, they were going to train themselves by dry firing. And when they would do that, what they were doing is they were giving themselves training scars or practice scars or whatever you want to call it. They were instilling and ingraining bad habits through tens, dozens, hundreds, maybe thousands of repetitions. Then they get to the school now, you know, they get to the actual training and the instructors say, okay, this is what we want you to do. We're going to show you how to do it. We're going to demonstrate it for you. And then we're going to have you do it. And what will invariably happen is these people who quote practice before they went to training have bad habits and training scars ingrained in their muscle memory or their neuromuscular pathways. I know people like, muscles don't have memory. Don't say that. Okay, I get it. Um, but yeah, that's why. And But should you dry fire? The answer is yes, you should dry fire. But you should only dry fire after you've been taught how to do it. You're like, oh, come on, Paul. It's, it's dry fire is the simplest, easiest thing in the world. You know, you don't you don't have to teach somebody. Yes, you do, because otherwise, if you what you're doing is you're just making it up because you don't have a plan, you haven't been taught, and you're what you're going to do is you're going to ingrain bad bad habits into your shooting routine whatever that happens to be. And you might be ingraining dangerous habits into your shooting routine. Now, one of the things, and this is another, um, oh, I guess, I don't know if it's a, uh, a detriment or it's a caution. It's a cautionary tale. One of the problems with people uh, dry firing on their own is they think they know what they're doing and what they're actually doing is you're just pointing a gun at something and snapping the trigger they're just reflect and they just start they become these reflexive trigger snappers they're just like snap 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 you know if they have a, a double action gun a double action pistol or revolver or whatever you know and they become mindless trigger snappers and mindless trigger snappers are dangerous because the trigger i know this is going to shock you that is the the operating mechanism to make the gun go boom that is the bang switch oh, that's the thing you push to make the gun go bang and when you're dry firing, you don't expect or want the gun to go bang. And here's the deal, though. If you spend more time dry firing or more time trigger snapping, just reflexively snapping the trigger, what will happen is eventually you will have a chambered gun. You will have a gun with live ammunition in it. You'll think you don't, but because you just reflexively snap the trigger, you're going to snap the trigger on a live round, and it's going to go somewhere. It might go into someone or something that you deeply regret. Dry fire is actually not a joke or it's not, it's, it's serious. We need to take it seriously. 
When you're going to engage in the process of dry firing, you need to put yourself in a position where all the distractions, phones, kids, spouses, you know, dogs, whatever, is away from you. No distractions, whether that's, you know, in the basement, whether it's in the garage, whether it's, you know, I don't know where. Uh, but you need to be in a place where there are no distractions. And you need to tell yourself, what I'm doing is I'm going to engage in dedicated and purposeful dry fire as part of training. Dry fire is not you just waving a gun around, snap, snap, snapping it. Uh, You know, that's what, and again, you know, many instructors are like, no, that's a terrible thing. People teach themselves and they ingrain terrible, dangerous habits by, quote, dry firing. And, well, what I would say is those people aren't actually dry firing. What they're doing is they're trigger snapping or they're screwing around or they're playing or they're doing whatever, but they're not dry firing because dry fire should be, it is and it should be, a dedicated, deliberate, serious form of practice. And it's something that you do after you have gone through professional training and a professional instructor, hopefully somebody who has a lot more experience than you, um, helps you and assists you and monitors you and makes corrections. You do something incorrectly, they make a correction. You do it better next time, and so on and so forth. The reason we go to training is to learn how and why why and how to practice. We don't practice so we can go to training. We go to training and we learn what we should be practicing and how we should be practicing when we go back home, when we're in our own space, our own garages or our own ranges or our own whatever. So, yeah, there is a reason why some instructors hate dry fire because people... Uh, use it in an ignorant uh, fashion. They use it incorrectly. And it's not even dry fire. It's just mindless trigger snapping. And people who engage in mindless trigger snapping will at some point in time launch a negligent round into something that that they shouldn't have launched it into. And even if they don't, but they will, even if they don't, mindless trigger snappers are ingraining terrible training scars into their shooting routine training scars that take as you in order to remove that training scar what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to do an equal and greater number of correct repetitions to remove all of the poor repetitions so if you did 500 totally jacked up terrible trigger presses when you were you thought you're dry firing but you're just mindlessly trigger snapping you're just snapping the trigger now when you're you're going to have to do 500 absolutely perfectly correct plus another one just to get out of that bad habit that's a lot of wasted time so step number one dry fire is good step number two we dry fire after We've gone to training after an instructor has shown us how, not before. All right. There you go. I hope that that was helpful to you. And uh, if you uh, are 
Well, if you're paying attention, uh, we have, we're going to do a pistol class, a handgun class uh, in Vernal, Utah, or outside of Vernal, Utah. Um, it's coming up uh, the very first weekend of November 2023. So if you're listening to this beforehand, uh, you can jump into uh, the thread here, or you can go to Shop SOTG. I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. Because I love you guys, I will put the link in the show notes. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, until we're together again, remember, you're a beginner once. You should indeed be a student for life. Thanks for joining us today. We are big fans of the value for value model. Please go to SOTGU.com to contribute the amount that best fits the value that you got out of this lesson. It could be $5 or $5 million. By contributing, you will help the show grow and assist in the education of your peers. And remember, you are a beginner once, a student for life.